no, no plunder on TV will ever get a job again. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the 40 Yard Switch. As always, your dependable hosts, Jasper Woody Woodson is my name, Wilbur Kud Lukes is his name. How are you, mate? Going well, going well. And we're back for the second instalment of our Women's World Cup Australia New Zealand 2023 previews. We're going through groups E, F, G and H this week. Last week we did groups A, B, C and D, so if you haven't heard that already, be sure to give it a listen. Um, and But in the spirit of uh, going back and forth and not having either of us talk for too long in one big block, we're going to not tell the groups in order. <laughs> I'm going to kick things off with group E, then Wilbur's going to talk about group H, then I'm going to talk about group F, then Wilbur's going to talk about group G. Just because just just why not? Complicated. Yeah, just 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 just... Because like it doesn't really matter what order we read them out in, um, you'll get the info one way or another. Exactly. And if you're following along with like a group, just skip to the group we're talking about. <laughs> but anyway, without further ado, let me kick things off with Group E. So the first team in Group E is a team that is uh, needs no introduction. If you're mm. fo- if you've followed women's football, or even if you just know slightly about women's football, it is the U.S. of A., the United States of America, the goats, the the goats. Yes, the the most prolific team in the history of the women's uh, women's international game. Uh, yeah, the U.S. WMNT are chasing a piece of history in 2023. They're looking to become the first nation, men's or women's, to uh, achieve a World Cup three-peat. Back to back to back. Um, yeah, as I mentioned, they're the most successful nation in women's World Cup history. They've won four of the eight iterations of the tournament. Um, they won the inaugural finals in 1991, then again in 1999 on home soil, and then they won the past two World Cups in 2015 and 2019. Wild. So yeah, they're, they're pretty good. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> as far as football goes. Um, but... I have a caveat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, while the world's uh, number one side, as they are the ranked number one still, um, go into the tournament as heavy favourites, uh, there have been some injury to some key players and some recent performances last year that may cast doubts over the campaign this year. Bit of a story developing mm-hmm. here. <laughs> uh Head coach Vladko Andonovsky, who took over from the two-time champion coach Jill Evans, Jill Ellis, sorry, uh, who obviously won the two World Cups. Um, he's headed to the World Cup this year with a vastly different list to that that was triumphant in 2019. 14 of the 23 players tra- tra- uh, traveling uh, are playing in their first ever World Cup. Which is wow. Interesting. Yeah. That's huge. Uh, heroes... Certain heroes have retired from past successes. Carly Lloyd is no longer in the women's national team setup. Um, there are still familiar faces like Alex Morgan, Megan Rapino, Julie Ertz, uh, but they're also missing three very key players. The captain, Becky Sauerbrunn, I think that's how you say her name, uh, leading scorer in qualifying, uh, Mallory Swanson, and star playmaker who finished with the most, with uh, finished in the highest in the Ballon d'Or rankings last year of any American player, Katarina Macario. So, right, okay, very interesting. Mm. And also, while they qualified with ease uh, in 2022 for the World Cup, 2022 also saw them lose three consecutive games for the first time in nearly three decades. True. So, maybe not the powerhouse they once were. <laughs> Are they are they tipped to struggle like d- despite all of you know despite all of those recent performances? No, they're they're, they're, they're still a heavy favourite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, but is cracks. that is that just, is that just because of their name, or is that because they're actually still you know performing? Because I feel like a team with as as high performing and as good as USA is over years, hmm. kind of is a favourite by default. Yeah, true. 
Uh, when you've won it four times. Yeah, when you won it four times. 50% and, of the time it's run. Yeah, but they did have a disappointing Olympic campaign. And like I said, the fir- the three consecutive losses for the first time in 20 plus years. Mm. But such is the depth of the talent pool that the United States have. Uh, the next generation is full of promising talent. Um, but most notably, the one that will lead the line for them, I think potentially in place of Alex Morgan, because Alex Morgan is in, in her early 30s now. I'm not sure if she'll start, as is Reg- Megan Rapinoe's in her mid to late 30s now. Um, so the name I've picked up is Sophia Smith. So she is 22. She plays for the Portland Thorns in their NWSL. And she is the NWSL reigning MVP. So very good off both feet, super quick, really good at dribbling. So she'll be one to watch mm-hmm. um, if the other stars that I've mentioned are, aren't already going to be present. But uh, yeah, yeah, look, if I had to make an early prediction, I reckon they'll get out of this group fine, but I, I don't. I have I have a sneaking suspicion this isn't the year they they win it again. I think yeah. the three three peats hard to do in any sport, let alone World Cups across twelve years. So mm. yeah, and they seem to be in a little bit of a transitional period at the moment. So true. While other teams have got better, so yeah, I think winning it three times in a row is just a bit a bit crazy. Wait, no no team men or women has done that before. No, yeah, yeah, no. So yeah, that's 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 the USA. Next, we've got one of uh, the eight nations that are appearing in the World Cup for the first time, and that's Vietnam. Uh, so they won a nail-biting 2-1 victory over Chinese Taipei in the AFC Women's uh, Asian Cup playoff. That's, that's a mouthful. Uh, in 2022, to clinch qualification, which was followed by um, victory at the, uh, and the gold medal at the Southeast Asian Games. Um, head coach Mai Duc Chung has been involved in the Vietnamese football um, scene, since the 1990s uh he's had several spells in charge of the women's team he's also been in charge of the men's team and been in charge of some of the domestic vietnamese competition teams right um but he's in the time at the in his spells as the women's team coach he's um won five gold medals at the southeast asian games and but most notably his biggest achievement is obviously qualifying for their first ever world cup They're, they're ranked 32 in the world which is a lot higher than some of the other teams playing at the world cup but also a lot lower than the other three teams in this in this um, group. So heavy underdogs in group in Group E, but um, expect them to set up. I reckon pretty stoutly. Um, they're they're probably going to try and do what most small teams would do in this tournament, which is set up to defend and concede not many goals, and then hit uh, on the counter through their record goal record goal scorer and best player, which is. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna say Hyun <laughs> Nu Hyun Nu. Nice. Hyun uh, yeah. Nu is um, the club's uh, the country's re- uh, record goal scorer, and she's also the first female um, Vietnamese footballer to sign for a European club. Like nice. She signed for a Portuguese outfit called Lank Villavadense last year. So yeah, is there a is there a one to watch as well? So the one to watch for me is uh, a player called Nguyen Thi Tan Na. She's another forward. She's twenty one. She plays for the uh, the she plays in the domestic league in uh, Vietnam for for the team called Hanoi. Uh, <laughs> the cat's so on the just bench. Been the cat eating icing off the cake plate. <laughs> Anyway, um, so yes, uh, she's been touted as a, as as a, a, the only other possible player to impress next to um, her new. So yeah, I'd be she may she she may be one to watch, but again, very hard for them to get for them to really do much in this group. But you know, it's their first foray into the world stage. I'm pretty sure they'll they'll be happy to be there. Yeah. Not saying they'll just be they'll just be there to make up the numbers, but like they'll still be it'll be it's a proud achievement. Yeah, itself. exactly. It's it's a huge achievement, and but it's at the same time it's a very very difficult group. Mm. Um, exactly. Yeah. So next, we've got another powerhouse. So the Netherlands uh, are next, and bit of a hard one to get a read on this team. So obviously had the heartbreaking loss to the USA in the 2019 World Cup final, uh, and then had. Bit of a and then lost Serena Wiegmann, the coach in twenty twenty or twenty twenty one, and then as 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 we know now coaches the the mighty lionesses, yeah, um, and then had a, quite a disappointing European 
championship campaign in 2022, which me and you will, will witness too. Uh, going out in the, I'm pretty sure it was quarterfinals, to yeah. losing to France. I'm pretty sure. Um, so they've got a new coach now because like the coach, the English coach they had for the Euros didn't last very long. So they oh, have, that's right. They switched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. <laughs> switched, but switched the English, and he he was uh, out the door shortly after the Euros. So they now got a new head coach called Andreas Jonker, uh, who was tasked with sort of orchestrating the Dutch resurgence, uh, if you will. Uh, and his second game in charge was basically the game that they was a must-win game, the last game in the uh, qualifying group stage uh, that they needed to win in order to get direct qualification and avoid the playoffs. Right. And they did. They won two-one with a ninety-third ninety-third minute header to win the, the to win the game. Um, and this uh, Andreas Jonker guy is a former assistant to Louis van Gaal, who those who are fans of the men's game will know, but those who are fans of the women's game may not. A very influential figure in, in football, and especially in Dutch football, has coached the national team, Bayern Munich, Manchester United. Just all-round weird guy. Just a very, very <laughs> interesting character, but yeah. a good, uh, a very like legendary coach. Um, so yeah, as he is an assistant of Louis van Gaal, it's kind of easy, you can kind of expect that Jonker's ideals for a sort of high-pressing, quick-transition game stem from being an understudy of mm. someone like Van Gaal. Um, the Netherlands are spoiled for talent, um, obviously. They've got the likes of Lika Marsens, who is the player of the tournament in the 2017 years when they won. Uh, Jill Roord, uh, Sharida Spitzer, Danielle van der Donk, uh, formerly of Arsenal, but all very talented players. But they are without... Star striker and Arsenal legend Vivian Miedema, who went out with an ACL injury in December. So, and I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, she missed the start of the Euros last year, didn't she? Yeah. Injury, and that yeah. affected their progress. Mm. So, I'm pretty sure she has a pretty big impact on how well this team plays. So, it's weird. It's like they entered the tournament as the ninth ranked nation, but also somewhat of an unknown because they've got a new manager, sort of refining their identity, they're missing a star player. But they've still got lots of star players. Yeah. So it's like, where do you really see them past the group stage? I don't see them not making it past the group stage. But where the, where do you really see them going beyond that? Hard to get a read on. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like something of a rebuild as well, like similar to the US. Like yeah. historically very strong team going through something of a, a purple patch. Yeah. The one player I have got as the player to watch is uh, Daphne van Domselaar you'll remember from the Euros, yeah. uh, was thrust into the competition in the very first game after an injury to the senior keeper who's now retired. So she's now the number one. Um, she kept very well in the Euros and she's only 23. So uh, if they're going to do well, I expect her to be a feature. Yeah. Um, all right. Finally, for Group F, we have Portugal. So Portugal's a weird one. Like They seemed not... like They had a disappointing Euros campaign when we watched them last year. Um, but... They seemed all right, mm. but then we were kind of shocked to find out that they'd never qualified for the Euros before, yeah. I mean, the World Cup before, especially seeing as like Portugal was a footballing nation has been so successful in the men's game, but yeah. And a very highly ranked currently as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very yeah. highly ranked uh, men's national team. Uh, it's, it kind of just, maybe there's like a disconnect that, or maybe like a political or footballing disconnect in, in how the two teams have sort of funded and stuff. We don't know, but this is Portugal's um, first World Cup and the qualification campaign that they went through to get to the World Cup uh, was a bit of a journey to say the least. So the 10 group stage matches that were a mixed bag were followed by two European playoffs, which they both won, before a final inter-confederation inter playoff against Cameroon. Uh, that final in itself was fraught with drama and eventually needed a 94th minute winning penalty from Carol Costa to book their ticket to the World Cup. So they've been through the mill to even yeah. make it to the to their first ever World Cup. So again, you could argue that you know they should be happy to just be there, but I think unlike Vietnam, they may ha like after tasting sort of like what could be at the Euros last year, they may have slightly higher aspirations. Yeah, I think as well just the, the sort of nation's footballing history as well. Like, you know, the, the Vietnam obviously don't have the like like the, the men's side operating men's as, side as, as, the, the, as, Cup, as yeah. the Portuguese men's size, men's size do. So, yeah. No, um, without, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, so, yeah, I reckon, again, 
I don't see them getting out of the group. But if there was if they the, if they were gonna if there was gonna be an upset in this group, I think it would be Portugal. Maybe getting in over the Netherlands because there's a few um, sort of unknown, like I said, there's a few unknowns about Netherlands. Um, I think they'll fancy their chances against the Vietnamese. I think they'll probably win that game. And then yeah, the games against the USA and Portugal and uh, the Netherlands will be interesting because I think they'll be competitive for sure. Hmm. They've got. Um, uh, a head coach who's been with them for uh, nine years since 2014, Francisco Neto. He's sort of helping, been help, be, helping build the Portuguese women's football culture over the last nine years to where it is today, and they've sort of been steadily improving. Uh, the aforementioned Costa um, and Jessica Silva and Diane Silva, um, all players that featured in the Euros. Diane Silva, you, you'll probably remember. Yeah. Um, so if they'll be, you assume they'll be involved if they're going to make any sort of progress out of group a, uh, group e but the one player that i've listed as a uh, player to watch is a player called francisca or kika nazareth uh, she's 20 years old midfielder from benfica has been lighting it up um for the juniors and now in the seniors um scored 24 goals for benfica last season so yeah um hectic return she'll be she'll be impressive but that's Portugal. And if I had to give a prediction, I'm probably going to stick with um, USA, Netherlands, Portugal, Vietnam. Yeah. But you never know with Portugal. You never know. Yeah, I, I, I think it's hard to predict anything other than that, g- given that USA and Netherlands were both in, in the final um, yeah. last time around as well. All right. Um, so for Group H, first team um, is Germany. So obviously a very... Like you know, famous footballing nation broadly, but uh, de- definitely with the in in the women's game as well. They're currently ranked second in the world behind behind the US. Um, they've also been to every edition of the Women's World Cup, like the US, um, winning it in two thousand and three and two thousand and seven. Oh, they won in two thousand and three as well. Yeah, I yeah. knew they won in two thousand and seven, but and and yeah, coming runners up in uh, ninety five. Um, I Would think, you say they're probably the second most successful nation, successful nation in the women's game? Yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. I think they're. I remember when we were doing the Euro like um, preview, uh, like that they've completely dominated the, like the Euro, the European Championships. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in the most recent version, in the 2019 World Cup, they lost to Sweden in the quarterfinal, which they'd probably be pretty disappointed with. Um, so probably yeah, looking to bounce back from that, and also bounce back from a, you know, the the loss to England in the Euro final in two thousand twenty two. Um, they qualified top of Group H. They scored forty seven goals in ten Holy games. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> so they kind of breezed to that. God damn. Um, yeah, the, the the current manager Martina Vos Tecklenburg has been in charge since uh, two thousand eight. Typically, oh. typically, sorry, 2018. Oh, right. I was going to say 15 years. <laughs> God damn. It's a, it's a long tenure. Um, <laughs> yeah, typically plays uh, 4-3-3 formation. Um, and yeah, characterized typically, you know, German style play of in, intense pressing and, and high intensity. The Gegenpress. Yeah. Um, in terms of players, I mean, I, I think... You know the the players that we're quite familiar with from Euro twenty twenty because the squad's quite pr- pretty much unchanged since then. Obviously, Alex Pop, yeah, um, who will be was... looking to come back from missing the Euro final, mm. and she set a record in that as well, scoring a goal in every match, every group match, every quarter, uh, the quarterfinal, semifinal, and then missed the missed the final against England through yep. injury. Um, Lena Magul, who who stepped into her shoes in the in in the final and and scored, um, and the other key player that we both saw a lot of at Euros was uh, Lena Oberdorf. Yes, the defensive midfielder. Yeah, the um, the, the, the breaker upper. Yeah, the Joshua Kimmich <laughs> yes. of, of the women's team. She's been called. Um, so yeah, obviously they're going to be a very strong side with a very strong with a very strong history at, yeah. the, at the competition and just broadly in and heavy football. favorites yeah. to go all the way next up in group H uh Morocco known as the Atlas Lionesses Ooh, the other lionesses the other lionesses <laughs> um they're currently ranked 72 oh, whoa. in the world 
Um, it's the first World Cup appearance for the women's side. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't think the men's side have have been represented at the World Cup. They did. They did in the most recent one. Oh, yeah. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> first World Cup appearance for the women's team, yeah, yeah. Um, and the first ever Arab team to qualify for a women's World Cup. Oh, sick! No yeah. way, that's awesome. They also recently set a, um, another record, being the first Arab team to uh, reach the final of uh, the Women's African Cup of Nations (WAFCON). Um, they qualified for the World Cup, beating Botswana in that tournament, um, but ultimately lost the final to South Africa. Who have been kind of dominant in that WAFCON space. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they've done it all. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're setting a lot of records. Um, still relatively low, you know, world ranking, but they kind of seem to be on the up. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been catalyzed by their manager, Reynold Pedros. Reynold? Yeah, Reynold. It's not Reynold. Reynold. <laughs> Reynold. <laughs> Reynold Pedros. Um he joined the um, Atlas Lionesses. Yes, the Atlas Lionesses in 2020. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think you know is 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 known to be sort of the reason for a lot of their their recent success. Um, he spent a lot of time with Lyon, who are obviously a very successful club side in the women's league. In the yeah, women's one of game. the one of the best. And won FIFA Women's no the best FIFA Women's Coach Award in 2018. Oh, nice. So pedigree, yeah, yeah. Obviously, quite a good manager who's done a lot with, um, yeah, done a lot with his side. The two key players, um, Gislaine Chabak is the captain. Uh, just pretty much an experienced midfielder who's been around Moroccan football for a while. Um, uh, was player of the tournament at Wafcon 2022, and the other player to watch is Amain Imain. Saud, Imane Saud, Imane Saud. She she'll be um, sort of deputising um, and playing alongside Shabak in midfield. Um, she's represented France at the youth level um, and currently plays for FC Basel in 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 the Swiss league. Oh, nice! Yeah. I feel like that's kind of good when you when you're a bit of an unknown team, like because we were saying last week how unknown smaller ranked teams who just have a striker tend to like maybe score a couple of goals but be a little bit suspect going yeah. the other way I feel like it's good when your two most notable players are central midfielders mm. it's kind of like sets a good sort of base for the team yeah because like, like, cause like again you can have a similar problem with if your best players are centre backs that like you may struggle going the other way but if your two best players are centre midfielders I feel like you can kind of ha- help you gain a bit more of a foothold in the game yeah yeah I think like we were talking about with Zambia last last uh, yeah, last week. <laughs> um, yeah, having the main striker who's just like a gun forward, like you know, she, her scoring like three goals in in two games, but also them copying, you know, ten, 10. In each of the games. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a bit more balance when you when you're a bit more stacked in midfield. Yeah, for sure. All right, who's next? Next up is Colombia. Shout out, um, Fabi. Viva yeah, Colombia. <laughs> Tipped by Fabi to win the tournament. <laughs> At um, $201, $201 odds. <laughs> yeah. They're, yeah, they're, they're definitely outside, you know, outside odds to, to win the tournament. But they're, they're, ranked tw- they're ranked 25 in the world and second in, in the, in the South, uh, South American rankings. Behind only Brazil, really? Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. They, so they lost, to, they lost the Copa final last year, uh, the Copa America final, that is, to Brazil. Um, and qualify for the World Cup by beating Argentina at the semi-finals of that competition. Oh, nice! Um, this will be their third World Cup appearance. They missed out in 2019, but they got to the round of 16 in 2015, and um, in their in their maiden uh, World Cup appearance, uh, didn't get past the group stage in 2011. 2011. Yeah. yeah. What did I say? You didn't say any. That oh, was their mate. Yeah, I said their maiden. Yeah. <laughs> so it could have been maiden one in two thousand seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You didn't you didn't say anything at all. Uh, <laughs> um, their current manager Nelson Abadia has been with them since twenty seventeen. Um, since then, he's led them to a gold medal at the Pan American Games and obviously the Copper the the Copper America final last year. Um, 
he's known to play a four-two-three-one formation, which is similar to a lot of a lot of the teams. Yeah, we've been talking about. on our research for these, um, you'll hear us say a couple of times. Uh, on our research for this World Cup, we've sort of noticed that a lot of teams in in this Women's World Cup, according to various sources, tend to play any sort of variation of a four-three-three, four-five-one, four-two-three-one formation. Mm. So, yeah, if if we sound repetitive, is because the teams all play the same way, <laughs> or at least they're reported to. Mm. Uh, that that is like the like the ball dominant teams, at least. Yeah, I think as well. Um, you know, that's just that's just a common formation in in football currently yeah. as well. Like Matt Kelly famously sets up in a four-two-three-one. Yeah, <laughs> he does. Um, Melbourne Uni's finest. So, in, in terms of key players, um, sort of up and comer is Lena Caicedo. She currently plays for Real Madrid. No relation to Moises. We looked it up. Yeah, yeah. Different country. Different country. Um, made the team of the tournament at, at the Copa America last year, uh, scoring two goals, but um, apparently quite important two goals on, 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 the, on the way to the final. And she debuted for the national team at 14. That's interesting. Yeah. I've got I've got a player in, coming up in Group F that debuted when she was fourteen as well. Oh, nice. yeah. um, but so yeah, she goes into this very impressive though. I've got to say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> take nothing away. So she goes into the this current tournament, um, eighteen years of age. Oh um, whoa! So yeah, pretty hectic. Um, the other one to look out for, uh, Lisi Santos. Um, this is known as sort of a pioneer for the women's game in Colombia, and apparently did a lot of campaigning for. The, profession, the professionalization of the women's game in Colombia. Oh, sick. Plays as number 10. Um, also featured um, at Colombia's last time at the World Cup in 2015 and racked up four assists at Ooh. the Copa America. So, yes, quite good. Um, so that's Colombia. Hopefully they do well for Fubby. Yeah. And last in Group F... Um, Maybe not in terms of how they finish, but uh, this order uh, is Korea. So currently ranked seventeenth, they qualified for the tournament um, by winning the quarterfinals of the Asian Cup, um, which they eventually went on to reach the final of, losing to China three two. So fa- fairly decent last last time out in a major tournament. So uh, it's China, Japan, Korea probably the top three Asian ranked countries. If you're not counting Australia, yeah, yeah, yeah. Australia is number one in, in AFC, one. though. Okay, yeah. so, so top five, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. They've they've been involved three previous times, um, making the round of sixteen in 2015, and um, not getting past the group stage in 2003, and last time out in 2019. Um, they have an Englishman. Oh, um, they have an English <laughs> <laughs> in charge in, in Colin Bell. Apparently, he's the first, yeah, first non not non Korean person to, oh. to to manage the women's team. Cool. Um, and apparently, when Gus Gus Hiddink was in charge of the men's team um, around the time that they had quite a good run in in their home World Cup, um, uh, he he criticised them for not being physical enough, and apparently, Colin Bell. Bell has done the same thing recently, so ah. um, wants him to bring a bit more Europeans and physicality. Yeah. Eh? <laughs> um, so yeah, I think um, it, in terms of his play style, apparently his like kind of kind of standard formation is a back uh, ba- a back four, um, but will switch to a back three um, when they're sort of up against sides that are clearly a bit more um, superior. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of key players. Uh, Ji Soyun, um, widely known as probably the best uh, female Korean uh, player in history. She's scored 66 goals in 14 appearances um, Whoa. for the Koreans. Sorry, 16 goals in 144 appearances. I was going to say, 16 <laughs> goals in 14 appearances. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah, I, I was like, why is he saying wow? I must have said something wrong there. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, C six one hundred and fourteen is still a very impressive return. That's more. That's a. That's a goal every two games or less than. Uh, yeah. More. Yeah. From from an attacking midfield position, um, she's played with played with Chelsea for a long time. Has recently returned to the Korean league, but in her time at Chelsea, she won six WSL titles, four FA Cups, and two um, women's leagues, and also was the first 
Asian woman to be named PFA a player of the year. Oh, no shit. Yeah. So Sam Kerr's teammate, shout out. Mm. Um, and one to look out for uh, playing probably slightly behind you in midfield is Jang Selgi. Uh, can operate as a central midfielder or a wide attacker. Um, besides... Sorry, so she can play in a, uh, in a central midfield role, an attacking role, but her normal position is fullback. So, yeah, can play all over the bit place. Bit of a Trent. Bit of a Trent type. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love to see that. So that is uh, South Korea and Group H. All right. Um, Give me your prediction. I think... It's hard to see Germany not winning this one. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, they're, they're clearly clearly the best team in there. And then it's going to be interesting after that. Well, Korea, Morocco, and Colombia. Yeah. I'd, I'm probably going to say... I'm going to tip Colombia to get out of the group. And then... Who's ranked higher, Colombia or Korea? Korea, right? 17. Korea 17th, yeah, and Colombia 25th. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's going to be very tough for Morocco. I'll probably put them last. Um, And, yeah, Korea coming in third. Interesting. Mm. We'll see if that's how it pans out. Um, All right. Now, going back, backwards to go forwards, (laughs) we've got Group F. So... Uh, kicking off Group F with uh, a team, another big powerhouse in the European space and I guess the world space as well, is France, or France. <laughs> uh, ranked fifth in the world currently. Um, its highest ever finish in the World Cup is the semifinals. Um, it also reached the semifinals of uh, the... It? They also reached the <laughs> um, semifinals of the Women's Euros in 2022. Uh, notably knocking out the Netherlands on the way there. And interestingly, though, they've parted ways with their coach, uh, Corinne Diacre, who led them to the semifinals in the women's... Of the Euros. Of the Euros. True. Which is interesting. Not really sure why they've done that. Uh, but they've recently appointed former Ivory Coast, Morocco, and Saudi Arabia men's national team coach, Herve Renard, uh, who is, I guess, another French coach for a French national team. Um... Her has got a pretty proven record of coaching like smaller teams at the Men's World Cup, so it seems a bit odd that he's coaching one of the more dominant women's teams. But like, you know, mm. maybe the way. But a good, but a good resume. But a good resume, yeah, yeah, yeah. Without, uh, without a doubt. Uh, in his opening press conference, uh, when he was appointed as coach, he was said, and I quote: "Speed is an important part of the modern game, so I want." a midfield with young players who can bring that energy. You need to show a winning mentality, pressing quite high up the field. In football, you have to be effective. Now, it's saying a lot without saying a lot, without saying much. Yeah. But uh, I guess it does sort of, you know, and again, players predominantly 4-3-3, adjusting to a 4-5-1 sometimes. But I guess it sort of alludes to sort of high-paced midfield, lot like not maybe, uh, probably alluding to not going to be sitting back too much. You know, taking the game on, which I guess you want to if you're the fifth ranked team in the world. <laughs> I do. I do remember them being like that anyway at the Euros. Yeah. though. Yeah. I do remember. I, most yeah. notably in the group stage against Italy, I think they were like dominant, bombing down the wings, very yeah. dominant. Um, but yes, speaking of uh, the Euros and players that you remember from the Euros, that I think will be a feature uh, in this World Cup as well. Obviously, got captain and uh, tall, towering centre back Wendy Renard. Uh, probably going to be the was was the tallest player at the women's Euros. Probably going to be the tallest player at the women's World Cup. Then we've got uh, Kat, oh God, I don't want to butch this name. Uh, Kadi Diatu Diani, That's very right, yeah, a skillful Diani. winger. Marie Antoinette Katoto on the other on the other side of the wing, yeah. and then a player who missed the Euros but is I think potentially one of France's all time best goal scorers, Eugene Lesommeur. She uh, yeah. was missing, but she's back, and I'm pretty sure she'll be in between Diani and Kototo. Yeah. So quite a potent front line for the French. And, of course, who can forget Grace Gayoro in the, in the center of the park. Mm. So uh, loads of talent all over the pitch. Um, yeah, and I feel like Renard, you know, she, she's very tall, but she's also quite good with her feet. Oh, yeah, like, very, just, very just good. Just like player. a, yeah, just clearly the leader of, yeah, of them. But yes, when you're that tall playing in the Women's World Cup where um, a lot of the players, even at centre-back, aren't 
that tall. Yeah. Uh, she's a menace from corners. So yeah. Not only it's like adds another dimension to the game, whereas like France are already a, a fast moving, quick transition, ball dominant team. Then then also amazing at set pieces as well, or yeah. at least threatening from set pieces. Yeah. So um, I reckon with the with the return of Eugene Le Sommer, they'll 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 go. I reckon they could be right up there mm. to go all the way. Uh, another player that is a bit younger, but uh, you should also watch out for is um uh la 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 Larina 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 Fazer. Um, I can't say her name very well, but I, when I was researching her, it seemed as if she kind of like um, has burst onto the scene semi recently um, as an attacking midfielder, and you know, again, may find a place in the in in the center in the center of the park next to Gero, but if she doesn't, she'll be a very impactful sub. Yeah. Um. But yeah, look, for easy favorites to get out of this group, and possibly favorite one in probably my top four of teams to go all the way. Mm-hmm. So the French are looking very good, and I guess we'll get a good view of them when we go see them play the Matildas next Friday. Next, next Friday. So that'll be very interesting. So next we've got Jamaica. So this is this is quite interesting. I, I, upon doing some digging on Jamaica, they've got a very interesting past, um, as at least their women's team does. Um, so quite a tumultuous past. Uh, they're about to embark on their second ever consecutive um, second consecutive women's World Cup. Uh, women's national the women's national team was disbanded in two thousand and four after they failed to qualify for the two thousand and three World Cup and the two thousand and eight uh, Women's Olympics tournament in Beijing. Uh, which is interesting. So the football, women's team was disbanded, and then in 2010, they were ranked 128th in the FIFA rankings before the Jamaican Football Federation cut the program entirely for both the senior national side and the Olympic side. Uh, they then disappeared from the global ladder a year, late, uh, a year later due to the prolonged inactivity of the, of the side, right. which is pretty wild. And then, But then in 2014, the national side rose fr- from the ashes almost uh, and began re- to receive funding to recruit players and then... Uh, entered that year's CONCACAF Women's Championships. Uh, they finished third in their group that year, so didn't qualify um, for Canada 20, 2015. But in 2017, they were back uh, and on the FIFA rankings, um, and their ascent has continued ever since to, to the point where they're currently ranked 43. Oh, true. So an absolute roller coaster of 15 years. <laughs> the reggae queens. Yeah, the, reg- the reggae girls. The reggae girls. With, the, yeah. with a Z on the end of girls. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Do, do you know? Do, do we know why they the funding was cut? Or they just just because they didn't qualify in two thousand three. Oh, that, that was it. And then that they, was enough. They, yeah. So they, they disbanded after two thousand in two thousand four, and then just sort of nothing. And then after, because as they hadn't been any owners to bring the team back, they were cut funding. Uh, and then two thousand okay. fourteen, someone was like, "Hang on a minute, this isn't really fair. We need to have a women's team." Yeah. 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 Wild. So very wild. Um, but yes, as we were just said, the reggae girls. Um, which is their official nickname, by the way. This is FIFA accredited. Um, <laughs> with the fir- are the first uh, Caribbean team uh, to participate in a Women's World Cup Finals when they qualify for 2019. Um, head coach Lorne Donaldson has trialed three different formations that we've all said before, 4-3-3, Mixed results. I think they've had four wins and eight losses in their 12 games uh, since he took over, um, but you know, they they I think they'll be they'll be here to have a they'll be here, they'll be here for a good time. I reckon they'll, they'll be a good time to watch in this yeah. World Cup. I reckon. Yeah. Uh, the two key players that I've uh, picked out, uh, one is pretty obvious uh, for anyone that's read up on uh, Jamaica, and that is uh, Khadija Shaw. She's a forward who plays for Manchester City, leads the line for Jamaica. She's sort of like the spearhead, the figurehead of the team. Um, She's somewhat of a, she's quite, I'm not sure if she's the captain, but she's definitely, if she's not, she's a leadership figure, mm. um, easily the best player. So she'll, if they're going to go out, get out of the group, she'll be involved. Uh, although I don't see them getting out of the group right. <laughs> as <laughs> due to the next team that I'll talk about. Uh, and then the other player I've got uh, who might play alongside Khadija Shaw is Jody Brown. Uh, she currently goes to Florida State uh, University, which where she plays. She's 23. Uh, she can she can drop into midfield, but she's also an attack. But she mainly is an attacker. She made her international debut at 16 when she helped Jamaica make the first World Cup final in 2019. Yeah. So plenty of experience while still being very quite young. So that's Jamaica. Um, 
a fun team, but maybe not a team that will make it into the knockout rounds because of the next team that is in the group, Brazil. <laughs> uh, so yeah, pretty tough uh, to contend with the two best teams in this group. Brazil obviously being um, next best after France, in my opinion. So... Runners-up to Germany in 2007 is their best ever finish, surprisingly, because since then they have been knocked out of the opening round of every uh, open, so the opening knockout round of every World Cup since. So they really? lost to the in the round of 16 or the quarterfinals, whichever one it was, to the USA in 2011, Australia 2015, and France 2019. True. So they've never really made it very far since 2007, which is interesting. Mm, that's um, wild. The Stella Sal, as they are. Uh, are uh, known as have uh, been somewhat of in a tr- the, somewhat in a transitional phase because obviously they're trying to prepare for the moment when Marta, the legendary Marta, who is considered the goat yeah. by most uh, in the women's scene, uh, that many think this is her last dance, uh, and she's probably at the thirty-seven year old's probably going to retire after this. Uh, so they signed um, a quite uh, legend of the women's game in coach uh, Pia Suntaga uh, in, I'm pretty sure it was 2020. They hired, oh no, sorry, 20, 2019, just after the World Cup, they hired her because she's been in charge for four years. Mm. Uh, so she's the former former USA and Sweden coach uh, up until she started coaching uh, Brazil. So she's had quite an impact in, on the team. Uh, <laughs> you'll, love, you'll love this one. Uh, they won the Copa America without conceding a goal and scored 20 in six matches. In six matches last year. That's crazy. So, yeah, they're quite good. Um, it's the way she sets up is they seem to keep things quite tight at the back, but they're sort of like lightning fast on the counter um, with players like Marta and uh, Debina and uh, Aya Borges. They can kind of afford to be that very quick, fast-moving um, counter-attacking team. Uh, and more noticeably. Um, this year, after winning the Copa America, they earlier this year they took England to penalties in the final, final finalissima um, game. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, England did eventually win that, but it was a good sort of note that they can take it to a team like that. But then a few days later, they beat Germany to one. So hmm. taking it to the big dogs and getting getting it done. Yeah. Um, the last player that I'll mention that could be one to watch, which also has an interesting story, is uh, Carolyn. Um, she was suspended for two seasons for a positive drug test, but then as soon as she was done with that, she was pretty much looped straight back into the team by Sundhaga. What drugs? I uh, didn't say. <laughs> I didn't really want to delve too much further into it. Um, but yeah, so she's an ex- another exciting attacker. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, like, like Brazil have a little bit more onus to, to win this than maybe any other team does just because it's Marta's mm. last dance is like, you know, the legend that she is. Yeah. So I think... I think they'll get they'll, they'll definitely go one better than like making it only to the round of 16 or the first knockout phase. Whether or not I see them winning it isn't a whole other thing, but I think they'll go deep for sure. Yeah. I feel like it's difficult at, at like with Marta at the age that she is at the mm. moment. Like Oh yeah, another thing is Marta's also only recently recovered from an ACL injury at 37. Yeah. So it's difficult to say how good she'll be. She'll probably still be quite good because she's a legend, but Yeah. Yeah, just difficult to keep up with the speed of things after an ACL being 37. But yeah. And the women's game is like, the speed of which the game is played is getting exponentially, yeah, yeah. exponentially quicker as everyone gets better. Yeah, and I think in analysing this, there's there's so many young players as well, like like who, who have come through and, you know, have impressed at youth levels and are now coming into the senior side. So, yeah, definitely that speed is, is there. Mm, mm-hmm. For sure. All right, finally... We've got Panama, who will round out Group F. First ever World Cup for Las Canaleras. Uh, they ranked 52 in the world. They narrowly missed out uh, in 2015 and heartbreakingly narrowly missed out in 2019 when they lost to Jamaica on penalties in the third place playoff, which meant they wouldn't qualify for the World Cup. Right. So that's, and as we just mentioned, that was when Jamaica made it for the first time. Um. And then shortly after that, in 2020, they appointed Nacho Quintana, who I think is a, a shortlist for the best name at the tournament or best mm-hmm. coach's name at the tournament. Um, and uh, at the 2022 CONCACAF Women's Championship, they won four games to finish third in their group behind Canada and Costa Rica to qualify for the playoff, tourna- for the playoff tournament. 
And in the playoff tournament, they beat Papua New Guinea in the semi-final before beating Paraguay in the final to qualify finally for their first ever World Cup. So it's been a bit of a journey, not quite the journey uh, that like Portugal had, but a journey nonetheless. Yeah, yeah, hectic. Uh, key players, I've got two. One is Marta Cox, who I alluded to before, made her debut at 14. Oh, uh, she's now 25, so she's been in the scene for a while. Um, again, uh, she's not captain because the captain is Natalia Mills, but she's definitely, I think she potentially is vice captain because um, upon research says there's a lot of talk about her being in a leadership role in the team. Hmm. Um, but just seems to be another solid central midfielder, which is what you need when you're a smaller nation like this. And seems to pop up with very key goals, scored in playoff games against Trinidad and Tobago and the playoff semifinal against Papua New Guinea. The second player, very interesting story about this one. Her name's Riley Tanner, uh, American-born, as you can probably tell from that name, with a pa- uh, Panamanian mother. Uh, her style of play caught the eye of Quintana, the coach, who saw clips of her playing on social media. Very sort of Santiago Munez yeah, yeah. kind of vibes. <laughs> Um, and she was invited to attend a training camp in December 2022 and impressed so much that she slotted straight into the uh, squad. Wow. And then, this is where it gets even more interesting. She, her nickname is Frozen by her teammates for having ice in her veins, so to speak, yeah. because she came on off the bench to make her debut in the second half of the playoff semifinal in, against Papua New Guinea to make the World Cup. Drew will pass four players to score and seal the victory for Panama. Wild. What an introduction. <laughs> the manager must be thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the vision. Look yeah. at my vision. <laughs> but yeah, she's only 23, so expecting big things yeah. from her. That is a wild story. I'll be keeping an eye out for her in the, in the, in the group stage for sure. Because like, that, that little backstory, especially the last bit about her dribbling past four players, makes me excited to watch her. Yeah. But yes, that's, uh, that's Group F. Um, not going to beat around the bush here. I think it's going to be France, Brazil, then... Oh, Jamaica, Panama is hard, but probably Jamaica over Panama. Yeah. But as much as I, I want to see Riley Tanner score another crazy goal, probably, yeah, Jamaica over Panama. So, yeah, uh, France, Brazil, Jamaica, Panama. And we will, of course, be um, watching um, live Group F action when we go to Brazil versus Jamaica. Yes, that yeah. will be a very interesting game. Um, for Jasper's birthday. My, late, my <laughs> belated birthday present. Yeah, I'm psyched for that. All right, we'll be take us, us home. Out. Round us out. All right, so Group G. Um, starting off with Sweden, I think yeah, they're, they're obviously another um, powerhouse. Yeah, of of the women's game, they are ranked third behind the USA and, and Germany. Um, they've be, they've also been to every edition of the World Cup, like the the two in front of them. Um, Something about the Scandinavian teams. Mm. Or at least like the the three biggest Scandinavian nations: Norway, Sweden, and yeah, um, it's interesting because you know the men's team, the men's you know Sweden, uh, the, the Swedish men's team, yeah, <laughs> the men's Sweden, <laughs> the men's Sweden. Um, obviously not as prolific, but yeah, they they've been to every edition of women's World Cup. They've come third three times um, in ninety one, two thousand eleven, and two thousand nineteen. Uh, so last time out. And they lost uh, in golden goal uh, after taking the lead um, in the 2003 final. And I think that was against, must have been against Germany. Um, so, so yeah, they, they have come close before, but have never got the, got the final prize. Yeah. Um, they came second uh, more recently at, at the Tokyo Olympics. Um, to Canada, they, right? Yeah, yeah, that was a. Good, I, remember that, I remember that being a very good game too. Mm. Um, and qualified top of the UEFA Group A um, to, to to get to the to the current tournament, um, and then after that, made it to the Euros. Um, sorry, so, sorry, made it to the semi final of the Euros, um, losing to England. Uh, Who would go on to win? So yeah. there's no no shame in losing to England. <laughs> But yeah, I think also, you know, not quite in keeping with where they want to be given their history, yeah. but it seems like there's a lot of being up there um, in terms of their World Cup performances, but not quite getting there. So obviously be hoping to change that this this time around. The the manager, Peter Gerardson, um, has been in charge since 2017. Um, it's known to be pretty attack-minded, which again is something that we've... Um, We've heard about a lot of managers coming to this World Cup, but I think for good reason. He's got 
I think all of their key players that, that I've got down here are attacking players. They've got yep. Stina Blackstenius, yep. who we saw a lot of at the Euros. Also saw a lot of uh, at the Euros was Fridolina Rolfo, um, another forward. Yep. And Hannah Benison is another one. So she she's a number 10 um, for Everton. She became one of the highest paid women footballers when signing for Everton um, in 2021, but has apparently struggled a little bit um, since. I must say I haven't seen much um, women's Super League action for Everton, but yeah, I think she'll be hoping to sort of, um, yeah, prove prove to everyone that like you know it was just a little bit of a blip. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, on Sweden, that yeah, no team has managed as many podium finishes without lifting the trophy. Um, I think they've got a lot of good players, lots of expectation around the teams, and yeah, they, they could go deep. They, they definitely have the ability. Yeah, for sure. No, I'd be expected them to be in the last four or last eight at least. Yeah. Um, so I think, again, um, I think I've had the most fun uh, reading up on um, South African nations oh, yeah. <laughs> as, as part of this preview. So... Coming back to that, the second the second team in Group G is South Africa. Um, Take ba- us on a trip. Banyana, Banyana, as opposed to... Bafana, Bafana. Bafana. <laughs> um, they're ranked... Actually, to, I'll, I'll preface this by saying I didn't go quite as deep as Zambia. Yeah, one, I mean, but, hard to. <laughs> um, ranked 54, um, but in, in terms of... Um, African football and like Southern African football, they're they're definitely one of the powerhouses. Um, in 2019, they had their first World Cup appearances, and they were drawn against Germany, China, and Spain. <laughs> um, Tricky, <laughs> and finished without a point. Um, so yeah, I think they've got a little bit of an easier group this time round, and hope to do a bit better. But it's still a difficult. Um, where were they? Did you, did you say? Did you already say where they were ranked? Ah, uh, yeah, 54. Yeah, look, 54. yeah, tough, tough. Yeah, tough. it's difficult. Um, but as mentioned, they're, they're quite a powerhouse in 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 African and, and Southern African women's football. So they won all six games at Wafcon uh, to win the competition um, and secured secured qualification for the World Cup um, as part of that tournament. Yep. And then after that, as I mentioned last week, lost the women's uh, for final to Zambia in extra time. Um, but have won seven out of ten editions of the women's Kosovo. Uh, and also college. hosted a bunch, haven't they, as well? Yeah, I think they host all of them. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> um, you can't have the South African yeah, tournament. Without South Africa. Not in South Africa. <laughs> um, their manager, Desiree Ellis, um, is, is, is the South African woman. Uh, long-term manager since 2016. Um, and took, yeah... Yeah, obviously took them to the last World Cup, um, and that being their first World Cup. In terms of key players, they've got uh, Tembi Gatlana um, scored their first goal at the at the World Cup in in 2019 with a pretty. I can't remember who it was against. I think it was against Spain, um, but they took the lead in their first game. Um, against Spain, I think they. they oh, they, so shades of Shabalala in 2010. Yeah, yeah. She like cut inside off the off the right no off the left onto her right and then put it over into the into the far Ooh. right corner it was yeah, nice very nice I think they ended up losing the game but uh, yeah a nice moment she was um, African football of the year in 2018 she's now 27 so an established figure um, with, with a lot of experience you know, a lot of accolades and a lot of experience yeah. yep um, Hilda Magaya is another key player um, I thought you said MacGyver for a second there. I was like, God damn. <laughs> <laughs> um, she was the uh, Kosovo Women's Championship MVP when South Africa last won it in 2020 um, and scored two goals um, in the WAFCON final last year um, when when South Africa won it. Um, and the last one to mention is veteran centre-half Noko Matlu, who's now 37, um, but Equal again, oldest player at the tournament. Yeah. Oh no, that the the Canadian woman. She was forty. Oh yeah, true. She? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Same age as Marta. Wild. Then. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. But yeah, a wealth of experience, a bit of a rock at the back, and the first South African to be named Women's African Footballer of the Year back in two thousand and eight. Um. 
yeah, they're going to want to prove themselves, but do, it, do, it is another tough group. Yeah, I think for them, just building on not getting a point last time would probably be an achievement. So yeah. get a draw, even maybe sneak a win. Yeah. Yeah, who, who, who have they got in the group? I should know that. Sweden? <laughs> anyway, we'll come to that afterwards. <laughs> uh, the next one is Italy. This th- There's a bit of an interesting story here. Um, before I get to that, uh, apparently Serie A women's became fully professional just, just this year. Just this uh, current yeah, I, did, yeah, I think I did hear about that, yeah. and Because um, it's like the U- European leagues around the world, around Europe, are, are trying, are like slowly all becoming professional, but like five years ago, only like two of them were. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so that's happened just in this most recent season, and in this most recent season, um, you know, the potential for Champions League qualification has been introduced for the the teams that finish in the top two places in Syria. Um, so yeah, that's interesting, and I, I suppose symptomatic of what's been happening with uh, women's football in Italy over the last few years. They. So in, in terms of appearances at the World Cup, they uh, reached the quarterfinal of the the inaugural tournament in 91 and then went out at the group stage in 99 and then had a 20-year drought. Um, when they didn't make it. Yeah, when they, wow. when they weren't involved at all. They came back in 2019 and made it to the quarterfinal, uh, losing, losing in the quarterfinals to eventual finalist Holland. Uh, or the Netherlands. Um, However, you, whatever way you slice it. <laughs> we don't call them Holland anymore. Um, They're orangely winning. <laughs> and then, yeah, qualified top of their, their qualification group, um, their, their European qualification group, G, uh, two points ahead of Switzerland. Um, oh, okay, so not the steepest competition in that group then. Yeah. yeah. But I, th- I think it's still, you know, coming back onto the World Cup, getting to the quarterfinals finishing top of your group in qualification. Yeah. And there was a bit of buzz around it. Um, I'm just, I'm just sort of thinking about how like sort of di- disappointed I was with them at the Euros. Like, yeah, which is, which is apparently like a lot of people were surprised and disappointed oh, by, okay. by yeah, their, right. um, by their performance there. So they went out in the group stage, lost five, one to France, lost to Belgium as well. And then got only one point against Iceland. Yeah. So, it seems like yeah, Italian women, women's football in Italy has kind of been on an upward trajectory, but a bit of a, a blip at the Euros that they'll want to kind of overcome. Yeah, yeah. Um, at the helm during the during the like the resurgence has been uh, Bertolini. I actually don't have her first name anyway. We'll stick with Bertolini. Yeah, we'll stick with Bertolini. <laughs> um, so yeah, she's. Um, been in charge since 2017 has brought them up through this resurgence um, apparently got a bit of uh, criticism at the Euros for sticking to trying to stick too closely to the team that did so well in the 2019 World Cup yeah um, so and if it's, like, if it's broke trying not fixing it type of thing yeah yeah, yeah. so um, is expected to mix in a few more younger players with the established ones um, imagine she doesn't yeah. She goes, nah, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> and they go out. Playing the same team again. Um, on established players, uh, Cristiano Girelli, um, 100 plus appearances for the, the national side. The Azzurri. She's won the last five Serie A titles with Juve. Oh, whoa. Club career, 219 goals in 255 appearances. Whoa. Crazy. That is very impressive. A little bit less, you know prolific in terms of goals per game internationally she's scored I mean everyone is but yeah she's still scored 53 in 103 games yeah so that's a very good return (laughs) a goal every two games Um, and in terms of the more the the younger players um, being worked in uh, Ariana Caruso she's the youngest women's player to reach uh, 100 appearances for Juventus Um, but it's a yeah and first time appearing at the World Cup she plays as a midfielder when Bertolini... How old is she? Um, I don't actually know. I think she's she's early 20s. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, that's really impressive. She's not like, yeah, super, super yeah, yeah, young, yeah. but she's up and comer. She plays as a midfielder um, as kind of one of the two eights in Bertolini's when she plays a 4-3-3 and can also play up front next to Girelli when uh, Bertolini switches to a 4-4-2. Nice. We, so, I, I do love a midfielder that can... yeah. Bang up top. Yeah. Late entry into the box. Um, but yeah, I think Italy will obviously want to do better than they did at the Euros. Um, and yeah, should be able to given 
the openness of the group. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think this is the last... I think yeah, it might is, be. This is the last team. The last team. <laughs> All right. Another bumper episode. Finish right. off strong. Um, the last one is Argentina. Um, I, I was wondering. I, was, I, I mean, I should have been looking at the groups, but I was like, I swear Argentina is in... When you were saying before about how like Colombia and Brazil were the top two teams in the... Um, yeah. I was like, Colum- uh, Argentina, surely. And then I was like, wait, here, hang on. Here we go. Yeah. It seems like they've... Yeah. Obviously not as um, as successful as the men's side. Just yeah, hard to be. Cup. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, they're currently ranked twenty eighth overall. I assume they would be third in the in the, in the South American rankings. But yeah, I actually don't know. Um, as they finished third place at the Copper America uh, last year, uh, beating Paraguay three one. Um, they have been to the the tournament. Sorry, three times before. Um, and haven't qualified for the round of 16 in 03, 07, and last time out in 2019. Um, and actually yet to win a match at the World Cup. Ah, like yeah. New Zealand. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously we'll be wanting to, uh, to, that. to turn that around. I mean, there's a, there are a chance in, the, in in this group. Yeah. Not, like some teams not quite as strong as others. Yeah. It does sound though that you know after another very bad performance at the at the 2019 World Cup, there was a bit of uh, some divisions between the coaching staff and kind of key players, um, like Spain. You're saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and one of their main players, Estefania Benini, like like also, like essentially resigned from the from the national team. Oh, um, until. Uh, German Portanova, the current manager, was appointed in 2021, has brought uh, Benini back into the fold um, before the 2022 Copper, in, in which she paid, in, played a, an instrumental kind of role. In them finishing third, yeah. Yeah, nice. so it's been a bit of um, tumultuous time, but they seem like they're back on the right track. Um, and yeah, in addition to Benini, who plays as a midfielder slash forward and does her club... Um, football with Atletico Madrid they've also got Yamila Rodriguez um, leading the front line who scored six goals and got the golden boot at the Copa America and apparently a very solid goalkeeper in Benigno Correa so, nice yeah. okay that's Argentina so predictions how this group going to go there's, a few, there's like three teams I feel like could sort of potentially finish in that second spot yeah so yeah it's it's Sweden yeah yeah it's it's, it's probably Sweden I reckon I, I'm going to back Italy to mm. to put in, put put in a better showing than they did in the Euros and come second. Um, I reckon Argentina will <clears throat> will win a game for the first time and probably come third and, and South, South Africa last. South Africa won't win a game for the first time. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Unlucky guys. <laughs> All right. No, I like that. I like that. I I I'm gonna. No, I was about to make a bold prediction about Argentina, but no, no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, what yeah, was it? What was it? Just that they would get their head of Italy. But just, I don't know. I was just very uninspired by how Italy played yeah. in the Euros. But maybe, but maybe things have changed. I mm. don't know. Um, whereas, you know, Argentina seemed to be the, like the third best team in South America after two very good teams. So I don't know. But like the, like the, like the, the overall rankings of, of both would maybe have me to believe that Italy are better. Um, I'm just going to quickly check. This them. will be a very interesting group yeah. though, because it's so open. But. Yeah, exactly. Uh, wait, where is the... Okay, there we go. Where are... So, Argentina 28, Italy 16. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, no. I rate Italy as, a, as, as the second pick there. Um, all right. So, that will pretty much do us. Hopefully you guys have been able to stay up, keep up with us along along the ride over the past two weeks. That is groups A, B, C, D, E, F, and G and H all done. I almost uh, forgot your alphabet. Yeah. <laughs> now, one, two, three, A, B, C. Uh, well, I and said 66 goals in 14 games. Yeah. <laughs> our, our minds are a little bit frazzled because we've been doing nothing but research over the past two days. Yeah. But, um, uh, but yes, uh, next week, sorry, we will be bringing to you our comprehensive World Cup predictions for player of the tournament, young player of the tournament, champions, dark horse, etc. Yeah, et we'll, I'm sure we'll come up with more categories. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll give you more um, in our not-so-expert opinion. But, you know, 
we were kind of right about the Euros. Mm. Kind of. I mean, predicting to win. Yeah, we were we were helped by the fact we were and, going for and the team I, that won. I predicted um, Beth Mead to get played the tournament. So yeah. Just saying. It's pretty good. Just saying. Wow. Um, so, yeah, you know, we, like, we, we, we may not know a whole lot, but we do know a little bit. And the more we research about... Um, uh, things and form our own opinions, the more we realize that the opinions that we form um, are opinions that so-called experts are forming. <laughs> so, And this is before we even read their articles. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not claiming to be an expert, but I'm also claiming, you know, that... We're on the money. Maybe, maybe we know... Maybe we, we're, start, we're, start, we're, we're starting to know what we talk about. Anyway, yeah. uh, we're still very excited to, to be along for the ride for this Women's World Cup and... Learn even more about uh, some of the some of the teams outside the European teams that we learned a lot about last year. So yes, that'll be us for another week. Uh, all the all the groups now in the books, um, which hopefully does you guys as much of a service as it does us, uh, pre- preparing our knowledge for the up and coming tournament. And uh, we'll see you next week for our predictions and maybe a little 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 preview for the Matildas France game. Uh, but until then. Uh, if you haven't followed us on uh, Spotify by now, what are you doing? Do that. Do it. Uh, follow us on the Instagram, 40yardswitch.pod. Uh, we posted a story every time we posted Instagram. We posted podcast every time we posted Instagram story. Sorry. Post uh, Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you next week.